I remember as a kid, I, I feel like I was a dramatic kid in my mind. You were. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember standing in the backyard at night. I think I had let the dog out or something. And I was out there at night and it was snowing and, you know, the, the back lights yeah. make the snow like you can see it better. And I, I remember standing in the backyard looking up at the snow and it was coming down in the in the lights. And I remember thinking of this song in my head. <laughs> You had a moment there, didn't you? Yes, I had like a Christmas moment um, <laughs> because it captures that Christmas feeling so well. Welcome to The Right Note, a podcast dedicated to the independent author. From the craft of storytelling to the business side of publication, we cover it all. I'm Jay Ryan Fenzel. And I'm Kira F. Jacobs. And this is The Right Note. In this episode, we shine the light on our favorite Christmas songs and explore the lyrics that made them classics. Remember to join our community and follow us on Instagram at The Right Note Podcast. And if you like what you hear, post a nice comment about the show on podchaser.com. It's Christmas time again. And in this episode, we're diving into the lyrics of some of our favorite Christmas songs for Lyrically Speaking, Volume 2. And like we said in Volume 1, some of the best writing is found in the lyrics of the song. And the lyrics of Christmas songs are no exception. I believe the significance of the holiday actually inspires songwriters on some level to write that extra special lyric. What do you think, Carol? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Christmas is the best season ever. So I think you're filled with a spirit that you don't have at other times of the year. That that definitely shows in, in Christmas songwriting. Well, it's sort of amazing to me and a, a bit ironic on some level that some of the best and greatest Christmas songs were written by Jewish songwriters. Like Irving Berlin wrote White Christmas. Johnny Marks who I really didn't know his name until I researched this. Uh, he wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Holly Jolly Christmas, and Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. And Mel Torme wrote the Christmas song, or as a lot of people call it, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Yeah, that is interesting. Why would they be motivated to do that? No, it's the season. But I, I just thought that was a very interesting factoid. Yeah, that is interesting. So the holiday season, Kara, like you said, and I think like from November to around January 1st, it's a really special time where people just seem to be kinder and more cheerful and more generous towards each other. And it's like the world goes into this cheerful little bubble and the bubble has its own soundtrack of all these Christmas songs that have been compiled over the decades. Today, we're going to share our favorite songs and take a look at the lyrics that, that make our holiday bright. But before we get into our Christmas songs, we want to do our Character is King segment. So Character is King is where we pick a fictional character that we think is a great creation. And we always theme it around um, what our episode is talking about. So this one, obviously, Character is King is a Christmas edition. So we are picking a fictional character who is known for his or her role in a Christmas story. Not the movie, a Christmas story, but in general, any Christmas story. Yes, thank you for clarifying that. Would you like to go first? Why, I certainly can go first. Now, I picked a character who everybody, I think, knows, but 
they wouldn't be the first person you think of for this category. My pick for Characters King Christmas Edition is The Ghost of Christmas Present from A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Good one. It, the, you know, the reason I picked them, I lo- okay, first of all, I love A Christmas Carol, the story, masterpiece by Charles Dickens. But his character, he's the bright light in the middle of Scrooge's dark and dreary story. And when he appears, like he's the second spirit of the night, you know, the first is Christmas past and present and future, the scary one. But he's the second one. And he appears as this majestic giant clad in green robes atop a throne of a gourmet feast and all this cheerful lighting. And and he's very jovial. And, And in both the musical Scrooge, and in, even in the, in the Muppet Scrooge, very similar portrayals. Uh, and, I, and I love that character. I love the concept that basically the ghost of Christmas present, his lifespan is the day of Christmas. Uh-huh. And every year, one of his brothers it take, you know, takes the mantle and becomes the, the, the ghost of Christmas present for the day. And he's really, and, and, and I guess the real reason I picked this, he's really the, the character who begins Scrooge's turnaround to show him the joy of Christmas, shows him how to drink the milk of human kindness, and he teaches him about generosity and goodwill and celebration. And like before, like the ghost of Christmas past just kind of depressed Scrooge, showed him, you know, his title wasn't happy. And this was the the real beginning of the turning point, I think, in the story for Scrooge. I, I just love that character. I, and even in the like I said, I mentioned the Muppet Christmas Carol. I like how in that one, as the scenes go on with him, that his hair gets grayer so you can actually see him aging as a Muppet. Oh, yeah. So, yep, that is my pick. Wonderful pick because it ties into mine. I picked Ebenezer Scrooge. Aha. Perfect tie-in. And the reason I picked him is because I think we all know that I love a redemptive villain story. And Scrooge is seen pretty much as, he's the main character, but he's pretty much seen as the villain also in A Christmas Carol. And I think that's funny because when you're following the main character, you normally really connect with them or really love them. But with Scrooge, you know, in the beginning, you're kind of like, oh, this guy's rude, mean, the worst. But as you see him go through his Christmas Eve adventure, you see that he he does have reasons for being the way that he is, the cruel man that he turned out to be. You see where he's made mistakes, where his childhood was kind of unfair, that kind of thing. And I love seeing that action of he was one way, and at the end of the night, he's totally different because of that adventure. And you end up really rooting for him, whereas at the beginning of the story, you really kind of don't. And so I love that because I just I always love a, a good redemptive villain story. Yeah, he's a really good redemptive arc. He is. I think a lot of us can relate to that too. Not all of us are lovers of money and not all of us are cruel to people around us, but we've all done things that we're not proud of or like made decisions that we wish we could go back and change, that kind of thing. And so when you see that someone like Scrooge has the opportunity to change, just kind of gives you hope that you can do the same thing, you know, if you're in a similar boat or if you're stuck. And it's like Scrooge had lost sight of where he came from and how he got the way he is. And like when he's reminded of his childhood, you know, and then he actually is shown the impact of his being a miserly curmudgeon, you know, on 
on his nephew and in, and Bob Cratchit and, and everything. And when he actually sees the impact of his actions, it kind of brings him back and says, oh, that didn't, you know, he didn't realize what he'd become. Yeah. And that was uh, part of the genius of that story Dickens wrote. And Dickens was such, what, I love when they put the actual, they put actual excerpts from the book and the dialogue into the movies. He's such a good writer. Mm-hmm. His descriptions and his, and his uh, pieces of dialogue are, are awesome. I, I love that. Very poetic. That is our character is king for our Christmas edition. I love that we went the same route, same story. Proves that it's powerful. Okay, so that's character is king. The ghost of Christmas present and Ebenezer Scrooge. It is time to move into our picks for our favorite Christmas songs. And it's similar to like our last Lyrically Speaking what we're looking for is the, the, the really the lyrics in the song that we love so much, not just the, the musicality of it, but how the words come together and, and deliver emotion or tell a story or what have you. And I'll, I'll go first, if you don't mind, Karen. Go for it. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this one before. I think I've tried to play it for you. Or I don't remember if, if you actually heard it, though. It is a song, and it's not super popular. It's a song called I Believe in Father Christmas by Greg Lake and a gentleman named Peter Sinfield. Greg Lake was in the band Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. And this song was actually, he did apart from that group solo in 1975. At first listen, it definitely sounds like a Christmas song with the the music and the, the the guitar, the way it's played and the, the, the melody. But when you first listen to it and hear the song, it kind of comes off in some areas like it's a very cynical song about Christmas. But Greg Lake refuted that kind of view of it. And he said it's more, it's a protest song against commercialization of Christmas. And the co-writer, Sinfield, said it's also about, it, it gets into the loss of innocence and childhood belief. But he also described it as, it's a picture postcard Christmas with morbid edges, right? And and I kind of like that description because it really kind of describes the song well. I mean, it opens, the opening verse, it's kind of a somber tone. It says, they say there'll be snow this Christmas. They say there'll be peace on earth, but instead it just kept on raining and a veil of tears for the virgin birth. So it's, it's kind of a somber beginning. And then he gets into four lines where he describes like a Christmas he remembers from his youth, but it, it's a it's a traditional Christmas setting with images and sounds that just when I read it and hear it, it's like I immediately picture it when he says, I remember one Christmas morning, a winter's light in a distant choir and the peal of a bell and a Christmas tree smell and their eyes full of tinsel and fire. Just in, in, in my mind, it just put all these images in there. Really well written. Yeah, I like that. And then the second verse, he gets into the, you know, the it's about believing in Father Christmas and everything. And then when he woke up one morning, he realized, I saw through the disguise and it wasn't real. But he ends the song on a very strong, positive note. You know, I mean, really meaningful when he says, I wish you a hopeful Christmas. I wish you a brave new year. And, and he means it. And, and Greg, like even said, Hey, I believe in Father Christmas. You know, I, Christmas is a great time uh, that he grew up with. So his song isn't made to be 
this cynical look at it. Just the commercialization, like you said, he didn't like. They said there'll be snow at Christmas. They said there'll be peace on earth. But instead it just kept on raining. A veil of tears for the virgin birth. I remember one Christmas morning. A winter's light and a distant choir. And the peal of a bell and that Christmas tree smell. Eyes full of tinsel and fire. So yeah, that's my first pick. I don't think I've heard that song, but when you're reading the lyrics, I like had this weird memory of I feel like we we read that in uh, school in like an analyzing unit or something. Like that sounded so familiar. Oh, really? Yeah. That was a good one because that was kind of off, like not one of the familiar ones, you know? Yeah. That was good. So my first one is basic and maybe the one that you picked if you picked a basic one. I am going with White Christmas by Irving Berlin. Uh-huh. Did you pick that one? I'm not telling you. You're going to find out. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't going to pick this one because it's so obvious. Like it's the one that everyone knows, but I have a connection to it. So that's why I picked it anyway. So it was written for the movie Holiday Inn, but I think most people know it from the movie White Christmas, sung by Bing Crosby. The lyrics, it starts off right away. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know. And I remember listening to this when I was a kid. And being like, didn't relate to that line because we we really almost always had white Christmases. And so I remember thinking like, oh, what? What other Christmas is there? <laughs> right. Like, what, like, yeah. When would I ever have that feeling or whatever? And I remember thinking, well, I'm really happy that I, that I do always have a white Christmas. I remember thinking that. But in just kind of reading about this song and research, Irving Berlin wrote that line expressing that he missed his old Christmas feel. So like, you know, it's kind of similar to with what you said as he got older, you know, he missed that old Christmas feel. So white Christmas really, I guess, isn't just snow, which is, you know, kind of where everyone goes with that song. But I think for him, it was, I'm dreaming of the Christmas I used to know, basically. Right, right. Yeah. And I think it's funny because having that, that thought as a kid, and now I live in South Carolina where we actually don't have a white Christmas. When I sing this <laughs> song, I mean it. <laughs> and I really, I really connect with that one line. And I also like Christmas songs that give you like a blessing or like a tiding or like a wish, I guess. So when he says, may your days be merry and bright and may all your Christmases be white. I, I always like songs that have... It just feels like a prayer, I guess, you know? And I think a lot of the times we don't have Christmases that are merry and bright right? or white. I think sometimes Christmas can be like surrounded by grief or like what you don't have, you know, family issues, tensions, all this stuff. There's expectations with holidays, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like you're expected to be happy and joyous and it's a great time, but that's not always the case. And that can be depressing. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of people relate to that. And so I always, I like when songs have just that little bit of hope that maybe this year, you know, may this year be merry and bright. May all your Christmases be white. Of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear Labels in the snow I'm dreaming Of a white Christmas With every Christmas card I write May your day Merry and bright And may all your Christmases be white Just a great comforting song And that's a song I always pick to listen to around Christmas time And that dovetails perfectly into my second song My second song is okay it was sung by or performed by andy williams who in this period in the 60s he seemed to be the king of christmas celebration but it's his his song happy holidays holiday season and i didn't really realize until i researched this that this song's technically is a medley of a song called happy holidays which was written by irving berlin <laughs> And it was in the movie Holiday Inn, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but but the um, the other song it's it's put together with a holiday season was written by uh, a lady named Kay Thompson, and she's a contemporary of of Erling Berlin, you know, in the forties and so forth. So um, she wrote uh, Holiday Season, and she performed it the first time herself in nineteen forty five. But later she mentored Andy Williams. And that's when she actually created this medley of the two songs. She mentored him musically? Yeah. So like she took him under her wing mm. to get his career going. Oh, that's cool. I like them all. They do that. Yeah. And she created this medley of the songs and gave it to him to sing. And um, I guess the rest is history in that regard because it's a very, very popular Christmas song. As a matter of fact, it was on um, Annie Williams' album, uh, the Annie Williams Christmas album in 1963 which seemed to be like the number one album for years after that. I mean, he just, yeah. he cornered the market on Christmas music, I guess. <laughs> it's those sweaters. Getting into the song, though, the um, the medley part, which uh, it, it opens with Happy Holidays. The first four lines are from Happy Holidays. And then it ends, the last verse is the same thing. So it's kind of a bookend. Mm-hmm. And everything in the middle is Kay Thompson's song, Holiday Season. And... What I like about this, it's it's like a it's a toe tapping celebration of Santa Claus, basically. <laughs> Santa Claus and his tropes. 
And but it's delivered in this 50s, 60s era kind of a hip slang delivery, you know. So leave a peppermint stick for old Saint Nick, you know. You see the guy just kind of standing there, yeah. snapping his fingers, maybe with a tumbler of bourbon in his hand or a cigarette. <laughs> the vibe. Yeah. And there's lots of pleasing rhyme and rhythm and some alliteration in it. You know, he'll have a big fat pack upon his back and lots of goodies for you and me. So leave a peppermint stick for old Saint Nick hanging on a Christmas tree. With a whoop de doo and a dickery dock, and don't forget to hang up your socket. It's a fun song to sing and listen to, uh-huh. and and it just it just evokes Christmas of a bygone era, like in the six. It just seemed like the the sixties were this this fertile ground for this, um, and you know from the forties to the sixties, I think kind of created this legend of what Christmas should be, but yet the song we hear today in twenty twenty three. And it lives on. It's a warm timelessness. With each holiday season, it comes up, and we still love it, you know. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. While the merry bells keep ringing, happy holiday to you. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. It's the holiday season. And Santa Claus is coming round The Christmas snow is white on the ground When old Santa gets into town He'll be coming down the chimney down He'll be coming down the chimney down It's the holiday season And Santa Claus has got a toy For every good girl and good little boy Santa's a great big bundle of joy When he's coming down the chimney down When he's coming down the chimney down He'll have a big fat pack upon his back And lots of goodies for you and for me So leave a peppermint stick for old Saint Nick Hanging on the Christmas tree It's the holiday season The holiday season So a hoop de doo And dickery-dock Don't forget to hang up your sock Cause just exactly at 12 o'clock He'll be coming down the chimney down He'll be coming down the chimney down He'll have a big fat That is my second pick That's a good one I like that one I love that one. All right, so my second pick is actually a Christmas hymn. Mm -hmm. So my pick is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. I think what's interesting right off the bat is the earliest version of this song is found in an anonymous manuscript from the 1650s. Wow. And they actually don't know who wrote this song. And what was it was kind of funny when I was looking this up. The first line is "God rest ye merry gentlemen," but in the early early manuscript, I think it said, "I think it said you sit, you sit, you merry gentlemen," or something <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> and it was just funny when I read that. I was like, I'm glad it's not that anymore. But um, but I thought that was interesting that and the origins of the song is is basically lost. Like they don't know who wrote it, and then I think. The first recorded, the first recorded version was like, yeah, I don't remember the exact date, but anyway, interesting. But the reason that I, I've always loved this song because of the minor, the minor tone to it. It's kind of a, 
it's not it's not like a haunting feel because it's a a Christmas hymn, but it is minor. So you just get that. <laughs> it's got that feel. It's got a there's a there's a feel. mood. There's a mood to it. It is a mood. It's like, and I think it's you know there is like mystery surrounded by you know if you believe in the birth of Jesus, there is like mystery surrounded by that night. You know of the savior being born and the star in the sky. And like, what did that really look like? And all that kind of stuff. So I think the tone of the song kind of matches that, but the lyrics. So the, the beginning of it, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ. Our savior was born on Christmas day to save us all from Satan's power. When we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. I love how the beginning of the song, it, it pretty much, sings the gospel right it talks about jesus being sent here to save us from satan because we are gone astray and then oh tidings of comfort and joy because if you you know if you believe in jesus if you're a a christian that is comforting and joyful for you and that is our source of comfort and joy because we needed jesus you know and so i love how the beginning of the song basically explains the gospel the gospel is worked into it yeah yeah yeah, super cool. And it, and it ends the same way. So it's that bookend thing. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Now to the Lord sing praises, all you within this place, and with true love and brotherhood each other now embrace. This holy tide of Christmas all others doth deface. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. So you said they they found manuscripts of this. What, how how old was that? How long ago? 1650. There's an anonymous manuscript. It's the oldest one found. They don't know who wrote it, but it's this song from 1650s. Very interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Really neat, really neat, and I, and I like what you said. That they they worked the gospel into the into the the lyrics of the song. I guess it wasn't the lyrics of a song when it was first written. It was more like a poetry. Yeah. Well, actually, um, I saw a picture. I think I saw a picture of like the old manuscript or something, and it looked like a song. There were notes, music notes. I'm trying to see if I can go back. Really, really. So it actually was a real song. It wasn't just yeah. It says an early version of this carol is found in an anonymous manuscript dating from the 1650s. 1650s. It contains a slightly different version of the first line from that found in later texts with the first line, sit yo merry gentlemen, literally is what it says. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yo, sit. <laughs> yeah, which is transcribed <laughs> as sit, you merry gentlemen. But the earliest printed edition of the carol is dated to 1760. Nice. Isn't that cool? Very cool. I like that one. A little historical intrigue. I, know, I love when it's like, ooh, who wrote that? Someone's in heaven right now. Like, I wrote <laughs> And I want credit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's not saying that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. On to number three. We're going to be right haunted here. now. <laughs> By three spirits. <laughs> okay. By three merry gentlemen. Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. My third pick. It's it's a fun song. It is What Christmas Means to Me, written by Anna Gale, Alan Story, and George Gordy, performed by Stevie Wonder uh, on his uh, first Christmas album called Someday at Christmas in 1967. And this is uh, another kind of really interesting song. I I think it's kind of an under the under the radar song a little bit because I think everybody knows it. But it isn't the top of everybody's mind, you know? And it's just this bouncy little ditty. And, and when it first came out, it wasn't particularly successful off the album. But it steadily gained traction as a favorite. And it, and it got into like these power rotations on Christmas music stations over the years. But it's also very popular among the musical community. Because it has been covered by 37 different artists. That's crazy. Yeah, including In Vogue, Jessica Simpson, Natalie Grant, Michael McDonald, CeeLo Green, John Legend, Straight No Chaser, the acapella group, and Pentatonics, the acapella group. So lots of love for the song. Didn't the Pentatonics sing they have a they have a song titled That's What Christmas Means to Me, but it's not the Stevie Wonder song. Did they sing Stevie's song? Uh I don't know if they did like their own version of it or something similar to it i'd have to i'd have to research that one but it says here that they did a version of this song somewhere along the line maybe they did huh now i'm curious but this song is on my and perhaps it's on my list because i'm influenced by its use in the in the movie elf yeah because they used it so perfectly because that's when what elf and his half brother finally kind of become friends mm-hmm and they're bouncing on the beds in the store, running around playing. At gimbals. <laughs> and the song is so good at capturing a youthful exuberance. And also like being in love and, you know, Buddy falls in love with uh, the girl in the movie. So it just kind of tied into the film really well. The joy of being a child. Uh, sprinkled throughout the song, there's images and the sounds of Christmas, like mistletoe and deck the halls with holly, angel hair and pretty lights on the Christmas tree, or you wake up before daylight. All these things are kind of rolled into the song, and it just, it's fun. It reminds you of, of how, how fun it was being a kid around Christmas time. And, and that's why it just, it just works so perfect in Elf with that whole storyline going.
that is my third pick. I love it. That's a good song. I, it reminds me of Elf, too. <laughs> That's like the only thing I think of when I hear that song. So my third and final pick is actually also known from a movie, not Elf. But it is the song Believe, written for the movie The Polar Express and sung by Josh Groban. Oh, of course, Josh Groban had to get in here. He was in volume one, too, wasn't he? <laughs> was he? For Vincent's song. <gasps> he was, you know, but he wasn't the original writer of the Vincent yeah. song. So... No, but, you, but you said you like Josh Groban's version first. I do like it better. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even think about that. Anyway, so the song Believe. Do you know what song I'm talking about? I do. It's been a long time since I've seen Polar Express, though. Yeah. Well, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies, actually. But this song, the beginning little bells in the beginning of the song, just like... They melt your heart? Yes. Yes. And the first lines... So the song starts with saying, children sleeping, snow is softly falling, dreams are calling like bells in the distance. And that... Literally that right there, I think, it just captures the feeling of Christmas Eve night. I remember as a kid, I feel like I was a dramatic kid in my mind. You were. Yeah. And (laughs) I remember standing in the backyard at night. I think I had let the dog out or something. And I was out there at night and it was snowing. And, you know, the the back lights make the snow. Like you can see it better. And I, I remember standing in the backyard looking up at the snow and it was coming down in the in the lights and i remember thinking of this song in my head you had a moment there didn't you yes i had like a christmas moment um (laughs) because it captures that christmas feeling so well it goes on to say we were dreamers not so long ago but one by one we all had to grow up when it seems the magic slipped away we find it all again on christmas day Children sleeping, snow is softly falling, dreams are calling, like bells in the distance, we where that song you know it captures the feeling of christmas so well but like listening to it now as an adult i'm like that's so sad (laughs) like you really do you really do have like a christmas 
a different Christmas joy when you're a kid and then you grow up and it's a little different. But then, you know, as the song says, when it seems the magic slipped away, we find it all again on Christmas Day. Because Christmas really does bring out something childhood in us. Yeah, but you know, also, when you have your own kid, you find it you find it again, too, when you have your own child. I definitely agree with that. Like, I feel like this Christmas is already so fun because Josiah's excited about the Christmas tree and he's asking for certain toys and, you know, he's just more in tune. And so it's fun to be like, you're a kid with them, you know? Yeah, he, he he's getting it. Now, he's old enough to get it, all right? He understands kind of the holiday, the vibe, yeah. what it means. That's great. Yeah, I'm trying to explain to him that Christmas isn't coming over. Christmas is a season because <laughs> he keeps asking me when Christmas is coming over. But I'm like, no, it's <laughs> it's like a time. It's not a thing. But that yeah, is just so true. Like childhood has something that you can never get back because you can never be a child again, but you can find those similar feelings when you have your own children or when Christmas comes around or, you know, that kind of thing. So I really like the song because it, it speaks to both children and adults, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, we can run this all the way back around and tie it into Scrooge. And, and, and in a way, when you grow <laughs> up, that this is good. Listen, when we grow up. I'm listening. And, and we get farther away from being a child, but we haven't had our own family yet. We kind of become like Scrooge in a way because we forget, you know, the joy of being a kid. And it just becomes kind of self, you know, honestly, there's a time in your life when when you're more self-centered than anything else yeah and then as you as you get married and have kids and you, you start realizing the important things in life then you kind of turn around and, and and you kind of get that feeling back again or you understand it better yeah that's so true so yeah and that is our christmas song selection lurkly speaking volume two christmas edition and we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays from the right note. And a Happy New Year. And thanks, everyone, for listening this year. And we will be coming back in the new year with uh, more interviews and more topics of writing and storytelling. And I hope you all join us and continue to listen. So as we say on the right note, keep your pen to the page and write on 